Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. The sermon text uh, this evening is the Gospel reading from Luke chapter 2. Maybe seated. In the name of Jesus, on the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me, and then lots of counting, eh? <laughs> lots of counting. The 12 days of Christmas, a staple of this season, lots of counting. Drummers counted. Uh, Twelve of them. Swans counted seven of those. Uh, golden rings counted five of them. Counting is a great place to start the sermon, since actually that's where the Christmas story begins. A head count, a census, Everyone in the Roman Empire gots to be counted. Caesar orders, commands Joseph and Mary to be counted. But the irony of it all is that they don't count to Caesar. They don't matter to Caesar. Nameless and faceless. They have no worth whatsoever to Caesar. No warmth and affection from him at all. He just barks out that order for the decree, the census, and then that forces Mary and Joseph to huff and puff all the way to the north country. And that doesn't phase Caesar one bit. Life goes on as usual for Caesar, gorging himself on the pleasures of this life, you know, Chugs down another glass of wine. Chows down another plate of swine. <laughs> gobble, gobble, gobble. That's Caesar for you. But Mary and Joseph, their life got more difficult with this census, this order from Caesar. It's not a, a close trip. To, uh, to Bethlehem from, from, from Nazareth. I mean, I Googled it. I mean, yeah, I, I know how to use Google. And uh, it's about 100 miles. Uh, not a short trip at all. And Joseph, he doesn't have an option. He got to go to Bethlehem to be counted. That's Caesar's order. He has to go. It's his hometown, after all. He has deep family roots there. It's the birthplace of his great, 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 many greats grandfather, David. You know David, don't you? You know David, you know, the, the runt of the litter, David, the shepherd boy, David, the uh, giant slayer, David, the, the, the king of Israel, David. Will you look at uh, this descendant of King David, you know, this carpenter named Joseph and his uh, pregnant Fiance. And they uh, don't scream royalty, more like poverty. They're paupers. Paupers. That's what they are, paupers. That's all they are. I mean, they don't have this, like, expensive caravan up to, up to Bethlehem. All they have, well, Joseph has his two feet. And uh, Mary has probably an animal to ride on. 
And, uh, and I Googled this too, okay? So, yes, and you're probably going to think I Googled the sermon. That, that's okay. <laughs> How long does it take to walk from, you know, Nazareth to Bethlehem? 34 hours. I'm pretty sure that uh, Joseph didn't do that on one leg. <laughs> uh, probably multiple legs over multiple weeks. And the road isn't even and filled with bandits in every season. Downright dangerous and difficult. Not an easy trip. And if that isn't worrisome and wearisome enough, Mary's water could break at any moment. And doing all of this to fill out some government paperwork some government forms. So uh, let's never complain when we wait, you know, 30 minutes at the Secretary of State's office, okay? Just remember this story, okay? <laughs> Woo, okay. And even when they get counted, again, they don't count to Caesar. They are faceless and nameless to Caesar. Now maybe, maybe... Maybe we feel at times like faceless folks and nameless nobodies that don't count. I don't think we need a census to do that. Life kind of does that for us. I put in all these faithful years at this company, but the boss doesn't even notice me. I don't count. I've been single all of these years. Flooding my bed with so many tears, I don't count. I walk in the halls of the high school, and no one, no one, no one, no one recognizes me. I'm just invisible to one and all. I don't count. I do so much for the family, but I don't get a thank you for all of my time and energy. I don't count. I'm really struggling with something that's quite embarrassing and, and really fills me with, with, with shame. But I don't want to share it with folks because they will never look at me the same. I don't count. I've lost some weight, but no one has said I look great. I don't count. This is my first Christmas without my spouse, and everyone's wondering why I'm not decorating the house. I don't count. I think we have all had those moments where we do not feel like we count. Faceless, nameless, not seen, soothed, safe, secure, Overlooked, underappreciated, maybe even feeling faceless and nameless to God. Well, good news. Good news! Tonight that lie ends. Because a baby is born. For you, for me, for every gale, for every guy. You heard the angels, didn't you? The angel announces to the shepherds that the babe of Bethlehem is born for everyone so that everyone counts and is counted. 
Talk about faceless and nameless. Shepherds were nobodies, especially the third shift kind, like you know, these guys in our text. But to these third shift shepherds that were ignored and deplored, forgotten and forsaken by so many. The angel does appear. And at first fills them with fear, but then floods their entire being with good cheer, saying, Don't be afraid! I'm not here with bad news of your impending doom, but rather I'm here with good news, the greatest news in the cosmos of your rescue from the tomb. The grave gobbler has been born. And right now he's nursing at the breast of his mother. God keeps his promises. That promise of a descendant from the house of David who would defeat death for good forever, for one, for all. Ignored. The ignored. Are remembered by God. The deplored are respected by God. The forgotten are regarded by God. The forsaken are redeemed by God. Not from a distance, not you know from way up there, but way down here. You will see him. You will see this babe cooing and cawing, wrapped in swaddling cloths, not in a crib, but in a, in a feeding trough. I know that you have thought all of these days that you did not count to anyone. But now you will know you count to someone. Go, go see the child. Go see the child, ASAP, whose face and name says that you are worthy. You're worth it. You count. You matter to this diapered deity, this God who has squeezed himself into diapers. What are you waiting for? They really don't waste any time, these shepherds. Uh, they make a mad dash to Bethlehem. They find, you know, the teeny tiny house where the Holy Family is. It's, it's not a, it's, it's nothing glamorous. The door is quite short. They have to duck to get inside. And once inside, they're in this, this dark room, but there is, there is a flickering flame, a lone flickering flame. One candle, and that candle, the glow from that candle, lights up the face of the child. Right then and right there, the shepherds knew that they were not alone. Oh, they felt alone so often. But now they knew in that moment that they were not alone. They felt a warmth and an affection that they have never felt in their lives. Here was Emmanuel, God with them, God for them, God on their side. God now was bone of their bone and flesh of their flesh. They would never, ever be alone ever again. The hands that knit them in their mother's womb, right there in the feeding trough. Ten little fingers. The eyes that, 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 that saw them before they were even a twinkle in their parents' eyes. 
They stare into intently, peacefully, joyfully. The mouth that you know spoke everything into creation in Genesis 1 and 2, making the cutest of noises. In this moment, the universe that you know the shepherds saw as malevolent, now benevolent. So, so good. God has a face. And from that face, radiating nothing but joy, nothing but peace, nothing but love for every face in the human race. And this is, you know, really what the shepherds told Mary. Told Mary all that this child would do. Crushing the skull of the serpent. Undoing death, gutting the grave, opening up the kingdom of heaven to all believers. No wonder Mary treasured up these words. These words were a treasure to her, worth more than all the riches that Caesar had. Here's Caesar's king. Here's Mary's king, Joseph's king, here's the shepherd's king, here's your king, and mine. The shepherds, you know, they go back. They can't, they can't stay there, you know. They probably don't want to change the, the diapers, I don't know. Well, they, have, they have sheep to take care of, right? So they go back to the fields, but they don't go back the same. They're different. They're changed. They're transformed. They now see the world in colors that they've never seen before. They see the world with, 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 with beauty and joy and peace and love. And even that night sky, they, that, you know, they looked up at every single night. Looked different. A sky that they would look up to and think, wow, a lot of stars. <laughs> Can't count those. Now they looked up at the night sky and they knew they met the one who put the stars in the sky and that they counted to that tiny tyke, the babe of Bethlehem. They counted. You and I count. We count to this guy. How much are we worth? The 12 days of Christmas uh, can help us here, okay? On the second day of Christmas, my true love gave to me two turtle doves. That comes straight out of Scripture, my friends. Did you know that? Yeah, that's right. Right from the B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that is the book for me and for you, by the way. And those two turtle doves, they, they, they really tell us how much worth we have to God. See, after the shepherds leave, we find in the Gospel of Luke the Holy Family in the temple holding 40-day-old baby Jesus, and they are in the temple to offer up the sacrifice necessary for their firstborn son. And, and they have two options according to the law. Option one, a lamb. Option two, you want to guess? Two turtle doves. Okay. Which one did Mary and Joseph offer up? Two turtle doves. Because they're poor. But, but that's okay. It's okay that they can't afford the lamb. Because Mary had a little lamb. She's holding the lamb. The lamb, the lamb, one final 
offering. This is the lamb that would go uncomplaining forth to that wooden altar, the cross, getting slaughtered for you and for me, spilling his blood to cover the sin of the entire world, going to the cross to be numbered among transgressors, to be counted a sinner. Even though he knew no sin, he became sin for you and for me so that we could be counted forgiven, 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 forgiven. Whatever baggage you brought here to this place called grace, whatever has been haunting and harassing you this last year, something that, that you just are so embarrassed by, whatever has brought you shame, in 2023. Whatever has, has you know, made you feel you know, this big, so tiny. Whatever gets you feeling, you know, that God can't love you, that you're too far gone, that your sin is just you know, too big for, 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 for JC, for Jesus the Christ. Know that this Jesus. His spilled blood spells done. Your sin covered with the blood of Jesus. Your sins, which are scarlet, white as snow. You leave here tonight absolutely forgiven. Unconditionally, fully, totally forgiven. See, this Jesus, who was suspended between heaven and earth, when he was there on that Friday we call good, he saw your face. He said your name. And he thought, now you will know how much you count to me. I love you with an everlasting love. I am, I am, I am bleeding out here. I'm suffering. I'm dying. So that I can give you a place in my family, not as a slave, but as the firstborn. Worth it. Worth it. Worth it. Dear friends, the faceless and the nameless, well, are no longer nameless and faceless because God has a face and a name. And you know his name. Jesus. Yahweh saves. God saves. He saves us from our sins. He saves us from ourselves. He saves us from this faceless and nameless existence. And that face of his beams with joy over your life and mine. And I know that's so hard to believe. Because you know the awful thoughts and the things that go on in your hearts and mine. But that smile over your life and mine, it's a fact. You didn't earn it. You don't deserve it. You had it before you could even lift a finger. And there is nothing that you can do that will make this smile of our God go away. Nothing will disgust him, disgruntle him. You have the smile over your life every single day of your life. I mean, he called you by name after all. He put his name on you, the waters of holy baptism. He can't deny himself. He can't deny you. I mean, this one, he, he knows the numbers of hair on your head. Now, that is... You are not faceless and nameless anymore. You can count on it. So can I. 
Why? Well, the 12 days of Christmas comes in handy again. On the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me... Yes! That's Jesus! The partridge is the bird that gives her life for her young. Our true love has given us nothing less than himself on the cross into death for you, for me. He has held nothing back and he'll never hold anything back. He has given himself totally and completely and utterly for you and for me. How can we ever again say, I don't count? Dear friends, Merry Christmas and have a happy new year. Happy indeed because, well, you count. Come soon, Lord Jesus. Amen.